That's not who you want to leave as Hershey knocks it down. Nayamori, Skywalker, hanging in the air for the deuce. Puller rises in and puts it back as he crashes to the ground. Landvik ahead, Central on the back end, plus the foul. Look at the speed by Landvik. To the rim, counting in the foul. Point lead to Buffalo, the hoop and the harm. have our champions, the Bethany Lutheran Vikings and the Minnesota Morris Cougars. It all came down to this past Saturday, and those are the two that are standing atop the mountain. Ryan, they peaked at the right time on their climb, and here they are, and now they have an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament and represent the UMAC. What a day it was, and congratulations again to both programs. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast, Wyatt Morrell, Ryan Mitchell. Ryan, how we doing post UMAC basketball season once again I'm doing all right how you doing I'm good I'm hanging in there you know (laughs) I I don't know it's not post UMAC basketball in the sense that like I said we have the NCAA tournaments but you know what I mean as we know it yeah this run that we've had conference season's over and uh I don't think we're necessarily surprised by the two teams that are representing the UMAC we picked both of them hardware hoisted nets nullified and banners pictures hang the banner all this stuff. Yeah. Banners but, last forever. Yeah, I don't know when the banners will be hanging. It's not quite yet. But, yeah, all, all those fun pictures and everything has been done, and we'll move on to the matchups in the NCAAs. But, yeah, big day um, on Saturday. It was actually a championship Saturday. And before Which we get the into the game, in three years. somehow we still didn't have a Saturday night final. We were supposed to, and I still don't know the reason why both of these okay, games what, were played overlapping each other late Saturday afternoon. What is nighttime for you, though? Because in the past, hasn't it been like 5 o'clock even? No, like when your brother brother was in the final against St. Scholastica, that was a very late night on a Saturday night. I'm next Hmm. to positive it was a 7 or 7.30 start. I know it it was that late. I know in 2019 when Northwestern played Scholastica again, my last year here as a student, and it was in the bylaws. It was supposed to be 3 and 7.30. They had the write-up and everything ahead of time, and then the game moved up, and I still don't know why. Why four-hour difference, though? I don't understand. You mean that. for the first game? Well, because then the women's game is supposed to lead off. That's what was funny about it, too. If you move the men's game up, yeah. why did they become first? And then, I know, don't know. It, was, it could have been with travel or There's some other sport. There's probably a I very good reason but for it. But then why do you even make the guidelines at the start of the year? Why, we don't, why do you even do it? We don't want to become like the superior <laughs> announcer right now and just ram on somebody for five minutes, right? I'm not talking so. about officials. I, we're not, but we're talking about this very respected and loved conference for both of us. We are. I just don't understand it. Oh, yeah, I don't we can move on. It's, it's, yeah. They were on Saturday, and I enjoy that. Hey, yeah, I mean, it's a step, right? Step in the right it's direction. It's, it's the first time step. in three years. And, yeah, two great games uh, for a while, and then, you know, eventually the, the teams that ended up going on to win. I'm not going to say the better teams necessarily, even though we probably would say that, because some people might not agree with that statement. But the teams that end up going on to win pull away in the second half, and we'll talk about each game individually, and then we'll talk about their matchups in the NCAA tournament, which is why we did it this way, so that we could have all the information out in front of us for this podcast. By the way, there is still time if you have comments, if you have any thoughts on the tournament matchups, the games that we saw, questions, anything you want to let us know about. 
You can do that by uh, emailing us to uaotheumac at gmail.com, or you can certainly reach out on Twitter or X as well. Just search Unlike Any Other The UMAC, and you can find us there also. But with that being said, Ryan, we'll start ladies first, and why don't we just dive into the championship games that were this Saturday. You know, we talk about fall weddings and having to go to fall weddings and missing football. I was at a wedding on Saturday. Hey, love love family, love weddings. It was great. Not ideal timing by any means. Big wedding guy, Wyatt. Big Not ideal. wedding Weddings guy. are fun. You want to hear a funny story really quick? Sure. I so the way it was set stories. up is the bride and her father, like, enter in to the side, and then they walk over the middle, and then they walk down the aisle, okay? Okay. Me and my wife are sitting towards where they're walking in. Well, so when they start walking in and walking over the middle, my thought is you got to stand up, right? Yeah. Me and her stand up. Nobody else stood up. So we sat back down. <laughs> and then as they get to the center to walk down, the pastor says, please rise. And you were the last we ones to stand stupid. up because you're like, okay, we don't, we well, don't want to have point, this happen again. I mean, it was kind of funny. I mean, we laughed it off or whatever, but we were the only ones that I was Did like, Did you oh. get shunned by people around you? Did you get some stares? No, there were or... some smiles and some laughs, and it was okay. like, oof, we messed up this hey, one. Hey, that's but, a good uh, mistake to make. You're being respectful. Yeah, I was just trying to be respectful. Yeah. Last time I checked, you're supposed to stand when the bride enters. But anyways, that's how my Saturday afternoon was going right around the time these games were taking place. So with that being said, I didn't get a chance to watch these games live action like you did and Matthew Bauman did. But give me your thoughts. Let's start on the women's side and talk about this game. Morris pulls away late on the road. They get it done. They're heading back to the NCAA tournament. Give me everything you saw. Yeah, uh... Great game. I mean, we'll get to the end eventually. I was really impressed by how Superior came out initially. They looked really, really confident in the way that they were playing, and eventually Morris got their feet underneath them, but Morris was still down, excuse me, by four points heading into halftime. And it was something we talked about last week, Wide, a question I had going into this game. Coach Carpenter, only in her second season, has been in this spot before as a player. But speaking of players... Her players hadn't experienced this before in a UMAC final. We talked about some of their players who were there last year when they lost in the semis to North Central, but it's different than Morris because you got players like Mallory Anderson, Jay Quate, Jaden Sondral. They've all been in multiple UMAC playoff games and a UMAC final going yep. back a few years ago at North Central. You can't simulate that, okay? When no. you get into that moment, you don't know how your players are going to react. For most of the game, it's like, okay, like superior – they look ready for the moment, okay? I mean, Besson and Matson making some shots early for Superior. And this is a great ball game. Or Charlotte first still, you have some questions. How is she going to handle the bigs of Minnesota Morris? She was up to the task, and especially as a player first year in the program, I had questions how she going to respond in that moment. She has a double-double. I don't think you can ask any more from her. And, you know, Morris, though, as long as they stayed tight, I think you and I even said last week, Wyatt, if this game's going into the fourth – and Morris has a slight lead, or even if they're down by a possession or two, mm -hmm. we like their ability to close if they hang around just long enough because of their experience. Yeah. So I'll just cut to the chase. It's 50 all into three. And I was able to watch more of this second half with my total focused attention. Because this was the, the second overlap. game, right? Yeah. So this yeah. one began at 4 o'clock. The men's began at 3 o'clock. And so I was trying to keep an eye on both of them while they were both still going on, and then I was able to divert more attention to this one you didn't have the uh the big you know split box or whatever up on Quad the screen box. that you like well i mean if you, what, These you got coaches cameras TV. or something they too, weren't on so youtube tv you've got a camera of the coaches as well and next if thing they you know, provided you the all this i would put it up on the tv i will I, say i had to work I, with the left i know we're not talking about the men's game but they had the dunk cam again on the backboard and stuff so yeah hey, both productions very very um 
good with the footage and so we appreciate that. i want to get to a unique moment in the men's game in a little bit yeah. um that happened before the game but sure. speaking of the women's game and talking about that and actually it reminds me and i got to be honest i wasn't listening to the sound if they had the national anthem broadcasted on the ifan sports network they before the to game sing it. well so, so no so we'll well, get to that that was in bethany yeah, yeah, we'll okay, get to that I in a second so on wednesday i don't think i mentioned this do you know, arguably the conference player of the year, if not one of the best players, had a big performance before the game even started? Do you know what I'm alluding to? Somebody saying the national so anthem. So the superior, it was the full choir. It wasn't just her. But Elise Bestinen was wow. part of the national anthem performance in the semifinal. How about that? I wasn't totally locked in, I have to be honest, folks, I'm sorry, to the national anthem Saturday for the championship. I had the stream up, but I didn't have the sound on. So I don't know if she was doing that again. So anyway, I mean, Elise is doing all sorts of different things. Anyway. Superior, again, though, does enough to slow... Not Superior. Morris does enough to slow her down, Wyatt. Yeah, she has 13 points, plays all 40 minutes. That's not a shock, but six turnovers. I mean, yep. that if if that doesn't show you how good Morris has been defensively throughout this season, for them to do it in the biggest moment of the season, on the road, against one of the best players in the conference, if not the best player in the conference, we'll wait and see on that. We've already talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. But for them, again, to pick up 10 steals as a team, huge. We talked about the turnover battle with Morris... You know, they were plus three. Only gave it up 11 times. Superior turned it over 14 times. You're all tied, though, going into the fourth quarter. And that's all you can ask for if you're Morris. And wow, 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 what a fourth quarter. They only made three threes on the ball game. Wyatt, they had two, just one, excuse me. One huge one in the fourth quarter. They shot six of 11 from the field. And they just totally closed it out where it wasn't even close down the stretch super super impressed by minnesota morris they look more ready for the moment and before i hand it back to you i'll say this i've never seen coach carpenter so frustrated and animated on the sideline with a couple turnovers her club had not getting the looks that she wanted stomping her foot on the floor i mean it was you know watching the title slip away yeah exactly on your home floor when you were this close and that's a good way to put it wyatt and you feel like all you have to do is make a few more plays and you get it but it's tough to close, and you yeah. can't simulate that spot. And I'm not saying it's all straight-up nerves. Superior got tight, and Morris was ready for the moment. But I'd be lying if I said I don't think that played into it a little bit yeah. where Morris was more mentally sharp heading down the stretch. Tim Grove also has been there before, hasn't won a UMAC title since 2015, but he knows what it takes, especially late, to get it done. No question. And uh, we talk about, you know, all the happiness from the teams that win and, you know, in March specifically, you know, there's the quote, this is the dark side of March when teams lose and, and they watch it slip away. So you do feel for superior in that aspect on their home court. And the reason why it hurts too, Ryan, is because you just, you never know a hundred percent for sure. You're going to be back in this spot necessarily. Sure. You yep. can have a lot returning. You can have a great program, but it is really hard to win at this level and get to that point. So yeah, I mean, you do feel for them, but again, hats off to the Cougars. I mean, the thing that sticks out to me again, Ryan Shelby Mortensen for crying out loud, the stretch that she had the last couple of weeks coming off the bench, yeah. both the teams that won the championships because Bethany was bringing Sagadol off the bench as well, mm-hmm. have a sixth man or woman coming off the bench, Ryan, and producing serious volume. And, and so that's the thing that sticks out to me is Mortensen dominating inside again, going for 17 points and for a freshman and Maddie Grove to play the way she did and go seven of 11 from the field, the efficiency just tremendous and again it just they did not fall into a trap of 
forcing from outside. They they haven't yep. all year. They've said, we're going to play into our identity. We're going to get the ball inside. They shot just 11 threes in this game. Now, can they win an NCAA tournament game like that? We'll see. We'll talk about that. But, hey, they did what they needed to do to win the UMAC title. Hats off to the Gurus. Congratulations to them. And really, from the beginning of 2024 onward, Ryan, this team played the most consistent basketball, I think you could argue, when completely healthy than anybody else in this conference. Remember, the only game I think they lost in 2024, maybe they did lose another one, but the one I'm thinking of against Superior is when Maddie Grove didn't play. So I think that's something worth considering. For sure. And they also lost, you know, you think about earlier this month at Martin Luther where they just couldn't score. I mean, they barely got over 50 when it was an overtime game. And I don't want to knock and say that's a terrible loss because, you know, Martin Luther is a good team. Like, we, we found that out as well. But finding a way to play their best basketball in 2024, I totally agree with you. You have the tough wins down the stretch on the road at a Northwestern, at a North Central, just road warriors. I mean, to finish three of your last four games, you beat Northwestern, North Central, and Superior on the road. You talk all the time in sports about the path to a title. I mean, they earned it. I mean, there's no there's no walking around that for what they had to do, what they had to go through to win it. Not that you wouldn't have earned it if they won three, four home games heading down the stretch, but to do what they did on the road, so, so impressive. And I couldn't agree with you more, Why You say superior. It's a young coach, Emily Carpenter. Elise Bessonen's coming back. Charlotte Firstle's coming back. Uh... Katie Dobson's coming back. You got so many good pieces. They'll be back. You you truly never know. know what's going to happen with injuries and the rest of the conference. And Erica Madsen's the only one from if they're saying it correctly on the broadcast, she's done. And obviously that's going to hurt. Yeah. She was their leading scorer with 14 points. So you feel for her, but you never know. Yeah. We'll, we'll I mean, be in the future, the Northwestern Eagles are a perfect example of that this year. I mean, they were yeah. picked to win it all come back and just goes to show it's really tough to win. So congrats to the Cougars hats off to a tremendous Season and getting to this point, we'll talk about their tournament matchup here coming up a little bit later. But let's switch gears and head over to the men's side now, Ryan, if you're good with that, unless you have any other closing thoughts. But otherwise, we can hop over to Mankato where the Bethany Lutheran Vikings, I don't know, you can't really say they made mincemeat of Superior. (laughs) But in the second half, they pulled away, and this was really never in doubt. It was quite a sequence at the end, too. They hit a three, and then Nielsen knocks it away from Fahrenholtz, and Madsen goes in and slams it down. The place is going crazy. Bethany wins the title once again as they take care of the Yellow Jackets by a final score of 77 to 58. What were your thoughts on this game? Superior able to maybe muck it up a little bit in the first half, keep this lower scoring, but eventually Bethany got out, started playing better offensively, and they do kind of cruise and run away with a win. Yeah, really bizarre game, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, it took both teams a long, long time to get into a rhythm, and there was some good defense played, and the announcers were saying that, and I partially agree with them, but both teams just didn't look comfortable also, and offense was really, really tough to come by. Halfway through the opening half of this ball game, it's 15-10, to 10, Bethany. I don't think anybody really saw that coming, and it was evident early. Here was the plan for Bethany defensively, Wyatt. We're going to take away Javon Walker, yeah. try to not even let him touch the ball, and we're going to say literally anyone else. And from the get-go, I mean, this may be an exaggeration. I'd have to look back exactly what took place. But it felt like in the opening five minutes, Fahrenholtz had at least six, seven, eight shots put up. I mean, he's done that multiple times this year. It, yeah, And a lot of them are just lawn twos where he's just throwing it up. And I don't know, maybe Coach Polkowski and his assistants and that staff at Superior said – Joseph, you're going to have to get hot and put up a big number today. We want you to put up any shot early 
to get you into a rhythm because that's her only chance. Maybe that was the message. Yeah. I don't know. 23 but, shot attempts is kind of crazy. And he got, yeah, he got a ton up early. So I'm not shocked at all to see that it ended at that number. You know, he ends with 21, but you and I talk about it all the time. You got to take it with a grain of salt when you put up 23 shots. I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, but for those who watch the game, I think Bethany was easily a few steps down from what they're capable of. I mean, if their offense was clicking from the jump, if they're making some of their shots in transition that they're pulling from deep, this could have been a 30-point win. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean they, they still didn't shoot that well. I mean, no. 10 of 32, I mean, it's not bad, but they're certainly capable of more. For sure. And, you know, watching it reminded me of what was happening against Northwestern in the opening half on Wednesday in that semifinal game. And the announcers are talking about that so much as well as how it felt eerily similar in the North gym where they had some open kickout looks, crowds waiting to erupt, and they can't hit a shot. Jax Madsen again, though, and, you know, eventually he's named tournament and MVP and, you know, well-deserving. So. Which it's tough, you know, joking with someone else. You mentioned Matthew Bauman before. I guess we'll shout him out again. He had an idea, and I agree with him. Give co-tournament MVPs to Hunter Nielsen and Jack Madsen. Uh, they, they won't do that. Nielsen's going to win the the player of the year, though. So you're saying he's so got Madsen enough? Madsen You're saying deserve, spread the love around? I think Madsen deserves the tournament MVP. Okay. You're saying Jax would feel slighted if it was co-tournament well, It's not MVP. that he would feel slighted. Because, I mean, <laughs> Nielsen, what, he averaged like 17 boards in the two games yeah, and was and just a force. But This sounds, again, stupid. I'm going to say another stupid thing that people are going to disagree with. It felt like a quiet 17 and 13 over 33 minutes. His 21 rebounds felt quiet because of yeah. the way he gets them. I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. It's you not watch a, the it's game. Not, yeah. It's not a knock on him. It's just the way he goes about doing it. Yes, just goes about his business. I couldn't agree more. Super efficient, 8 to 10 from the field. So Jax, you know, similar to what happened against Northwestern early in the second half, few times he blows by, he doesn't settle, he finishes at the 10, and then his shots from the outside will start to fall as well. But you look at a guy like Saget all wide, I mean, he's just seven points off the bench. Not close to Not his best. Game. Bangu had some really good looks early. They weren't falling. And, you know, Bethany's talked about this all the time. I mean, Jack's talked about it after the game in an interview they did with him. Coach Garvin's talked about it as well, how deep they are, where multiple guys can be off and another guy's going to pick them up. And not just to the standpoint wide, if you look at a guy like Bangu and Sagadol, who are both oh so talented, at least scoring-wise, who weren't on on Saturday, they don't just win. They dominate still. And you have two high, high caliber players, all conference type talents. And yet you still cruise by 20 in this game. Watching it never felt like it was in doubt. And I'll flip it back to you in a second. But if I'm superior, I mean, they competed a lot better last year in the North gym. I know it was a little higher scoring of a game. It played out differently than this one did. Javon Walker got more hot. I don't know if it's too far to call this season a disappointment because Bethany was a wagon that it feels like no one yeah. was going to stop. But they're disappointed that they didn't at least put up some kind of a fight because Bethany was on the ropes for a bit on Wednesday. And you mentioned, and I agree with you, Wyatt, so often in these tournaments, it's easier to beat a team in the, in the first game, yeah. in this case if it's in the semis, versus in the final. I agree with you there. But Superior was never really remotely in this game. Yeah. Um, you kind of answered one of my questions, which is, was Farron Holtz forcing early in this game, trying to get his shots Feels like up. they told him to. 
Yeah, almost. And just you know, uh, did they take Walker out of the game? Which again, you said they're they're going to try and make somebody else beat him because if you remember that game last year, Walker actually had a blistering start. He was awesome in that yeah. championship game, and so Bethany said, "Okay, we take him out. We're going to win." He kept him in the game like twelve to eight minutes left in the second half. He went on a heater, and they were within striking distance. Yeah, he was sensational, and he's been a sensational player the past two years. So Bethany. Smart on their part to basically say, hey, we're not letting you beat us. Somebody else is going to have to do it. And then, yeah, I mean, Madsen and Nielsen, just tremendous tournaments and the championship game specifically to do what they did. And it just goes to show this team is so deep. Like you said, there's so many guys that can hurt you. They have a brutal draw coming up in the NCAA tournament, which we'll talk about. But they're still a very, very scary team to have to play because of how they can score it and because of the depth that they have. So hats off to Coach Garvin and what he has put together. I know you had mentioned you wanted to talk about something that happened before the game, and I bet I know what you're thinking of because I think I saw the same thing, but go ahead. Thank you for tying that back. I was going to totally blow by that. I was confused before the game, like, what is going on exactly? And I was like, oh, you know, they're just, you know, patriotic, to be perfectly honest. I thought maybe the sound in arena wasn't working, but then they cut in their announcers and said, no, literally, we don't have our PA system working. So that's tough. The crowd just all of a sudden you start and you say, Someone's just got to start with yeah. Oh, one person be that leader, and you, and then you just take it from there. And you got people in the crowd you control scening and some players mouthing it. So cool moment, you know. Patriotism, why it is not only found in (laughs) Athens, Georgia, on a fall Saturday in SEC country. It can be found around the country, contrary to popular belief of what some people say about our country. But we won't go there. So cool moment. I appreciated it, and then. They didn't even have it for starting lineups. The PA announcer is screaming out, wow. number 55, the super senior out of Texas, Javon Walker, just yelling. So on one hand, this is really cool. But on the other hand, how does this happen for the biggest game of the year? It's a tough, tough He had one to job. Whoever was in charge well, had one job. And I think like for pregame, at least for part of it, for warmups, like the music was working, the other shenanigans working, and then right up until... Yeah. You know, game it was time. A planned all of a attack is what you're saying. Somebody orchestrated this. I don't know. Oh, that's tough. But eventually, they they got it back, and that was nice. So I yeah, actually, cool I actually thought you were thinking of something else. We did not see the same thing. Coach Garvin, um, before the game, with his daughter, with his daughter on the bench. Sweet, yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, taking time, you know, family and. Yeah, biggest game of the year, and I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, and his so. his daughter looked like she knew how big it was, too. I mean, she, she looked a little nervous go, pregame, game game and she's and like, everything. Dad, are you sure you got this covered? <laughs> I mean, Dad, you understand yeah. how big this is? It's a big game. Magnitude, yeah. absolutely. No, that was pretty cool. So, yeah. again, hats off to the Vikings on a great season. I mean, Pursuit to Perfection, they really didn't even have that many games that were in question. I mean, I know Crown was yep. up on them by double digits at one point. The one meeting, Northwestern was up. In the second half of each contest, in the first one that I'm referring to back in the Erickson Center, they were up with like 3.30 to go, so that game was close. But then, yeah, the nine-point lead in the playoff game, other than that, they really just kind of cruised through, Ryan, and and they were by far the best team all season long. So it goes back to your point of, is it a disappointing year for Superior? I don't think it is in that respect, but it was kind of an odd year. They didn't play the way we necessarily expected them to play, but you're right. I don't think anybody was beating Bethany this year. For sure. And, uh, you know, it's it's so easy to play this comparison game and it's, you know, much harder for Superior to go into Bethany a few days after they had a scare from Northwestern. They're locked in. They're ready to go. Superior, I'm sure, wishes in a way they could have seen them in the semis. I know they're glad they're in the final. I get that. But as far as the point to see Bethany, I mean, you could argue why you said it going into the UMAC tournament. 
Northwestern's maybe the last team that Bethany wants to see as far as a team that could give them a scare and possibly it's going to take a ton but beat them because of how they were playing. I, I think that proved out the end of the year. The last month of the year, Northwestern was the best challenger to Bethany. Not just because of what we saw in this final, but everything that we saw in the last few weeks of the results for different teams, they were really the only ones that could give them fits for long stretches where it's like, it's not probable, but it's possible, albeit unlikely, that they could beat Bethany heading down the stretch. But yeah, I mean, they're they're a wagon. They're yeah, so deep. They have been a wagon. We'll see how they do in the tournament. Because so, that's a different discussion. That is a different discussion. I mean, we love the UMAC, and it's a great league, but once you get to the national stage, it's... Uh, it's best on best, and yeah. it can make. We got a lot of thoughts matchup, on that. So. We'll get to. Yep. Well, we can basically hop into it now if you, you don't have do anything else from conference championship Saturday. I don't really have don't, much more. I don't think to I add. do. I mean, you know, shout out to Bethany's broadcast. I think they did a really nice job. The dunk cam. You were talking about that earlier. What they got with Jacks finishing the game that was cool. And uh, yeah, um, it, it was a little more polished on iFan Sports Network from what uh, was on on yeah. Wednesday night, which was which was good to see and. Uh, yeah, Xavier did a nice job on the sidelines. I'll give him one more shout-out. Xavier, hope you're back on the iFan Sports Network next year. I appreciate your tidbits and uh, everything that you brought to the broadcast. You were a huge, huge plus for Superior Broadcast. So I'll leave it at that. Well said. All right, let's start again. Let's flip back over to Morris for their matchup in the NCAA tournament. They're heading to a very familiar place for UMAC teams. We've seen this matchup mm-hmm. before in the past. They're heading to Whitewater, Ryan, to take on, are they the Warhawks, I guess, technically? They are the Warhawks. Yeah, the Warhawks, who uh, ran through their conference schedule up until one stretch, basically, that took place at the end of January, early February, where they lost three to four. Other than that, Ryan, they went 23 and four, or 22 and four. They were dominant all year. Uh, this is going to be a very tough matchup for Morris. Now, I will say this. Oh, they don't shoot a ton of threes. They don't make a ton of threes. They shoot at like 29%. So they're kind of similar to Morris where their MO is to get the ball inside and try and dominate the paint. So whether you want to say that's a good thing or not for Morris is kind of up to you. I don't think Morris wanted to see a team that particularly can light it up. And Whitewater doesn't necessarily do that. They score 69 a game. They only give up 57. The defense is what they kind of pride themselves on. And again, they play in one of the best conferences in the league. So yes, it's going to be a very, very tough matchup for Morris can anybody slow down Aaliyah Grundahl inside for the Warhawks 20 points a game this year she's been in double figures almost every time out that is where they go through it is her team one other player in double figures in Casey Corello but other than that yeah the Warhawks offensively aren't going to blow you away so I think Morris can stay close in this game keep it around but the path to victory, it's just its hard to see with the style of play that the Cougars have, Ryan. I'm not saying it's impossible, and maybe they can surprise some people and get it done, but it is going to be an uphill battle against a Wisconsin Whitewater team who, believe it or not, probably going to be even angrier because they, they dropped a game and yeah, didn't win their conference large. tournament. So now yep. they're ready to come back out and play again. Sometimes if you maybe catch a team that won their conference tournament, you catch them overconfident. Maybe they're not as hungry. I don't know if there's anything to that or not, but you know you're going to get their full attention heading into this game. Yeah, I agree with you, Wyatt. Morris is going to have to do it with their defense. They're going to have to try to turn over Whitewater if they can. Now, in a spot like this, I mean, do you dare add a Whitewater on Friday night, the host team chomping at the bit? I'm sure it's going to be a huge crowd. You don't come out like in a 
de facto press. I mean, it feels like you almost can't. Like that's showing your hand to. I don't. I don't think you can. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe your kitchen sink at them. Like do do whatever you got to do. The teams that have success and pull off upsets, as you know, Ryan, they cause chaos and they get off to a good start. You do got to get off to a good start. You can ill afford to get in a whole five minutes in. Then it's basically over. They start the game like on a ten or run two minutes in. If you pull a Northwestern, what they did at the University of Chicago last year, you're done. Where Northwestern almost didn't score in the opening like eight minutes. Yeah, that's a problem. Bad. And still at the end of the game, we talked about that last year. Once they got their footing, they were like right there. This is a totally different matchup. I'm not going to go there. Here, though, Wyatt, Morris does have some size. So you think of a player. You mentioned Shelby Mortensen earlier. She's been dynamite off the bench. I know she normally comes off the bench, but you mentioned Grundahl. Mortensen, six feet tall. Like maybe she can give her some fits. You also got Claire Stark, who's played a bunch of minutes for them. She's 6'2". So you got two bigs there for Morris who've played a lot. I'm not saying, you know, oh, size, size. They're, they're the same height. De facto, Grundahl's going to be shut down. I'm not saying that. But, you know, as far as matching up, at least initially in this game, could you give her some fits? I don't know. We'll see. Because like you mentioned, Grundahl is kind of the team and, for and, Whitewater. And Katie Hildebrand, too, who started every game at 6'2". So, I mean, they have more size inside as well. She does, doesn't really score it as much. She averages nine a game. So they have plenty of size. But, yeah, I don't think it's a complete mismatch for Morris down yep. there they're gonna have to play an almost perfect game you got to win the turnover battle you got to have a quick start and you have to find a way to create enough chaos to get whitewater a little uncomfortable yep. so that they get maybe some transition play a buckets. little tight yep if you can get ahead make them play a little tight it's harder to shoot when you're losing believe it or not versus totally. when you're ahead jay Quate, you gamble wherever you want to gamble you try to get wow. in passing lanes you're kicking it like you're a soccer player because you are you're getting your hands on it you're doing whatever you can I'm pinching her and Grove up as much as I can and wide. I'm saying if they get it behind them and they beat us on the back end, so be it. I, yep. I don't think this is a, and I could be wrong based on what you said. Is it Morris packs it in a two, three in the half court? They dare Whitewater to shoot it from over the top. They say we're going to trust our bigs down low to bring a I double. I was going to ask you two. that question. I, I don't know. Do you make them shoot from deep? Coach Grove, we have so many questions. 29% on the year. I don't know. Maybe you do want them to shoot the three ball. So then are you not showing that, like, hat bait you at the half-court pressure that they're so good at? I, here's the deal. I think you got to give a little bit of that. You just don't want to give up too many easy buckets or two-on-ones the other way if For Whitewater sure. is showing they can beat it. And that can turn on you quick. So you got to be careful. Well, yeah, and that's like why this is so interesting. Is there a feeling out process the first five, six minutes of the opening quarter where you're saying, hey, we're not going to show the pressure now, but we're going to practice throughout the week our best, even if it's not full court. Like if you're Coach Grove, Coach Lulu, and that whole staff, like we got to have our best defensive game plan in place because I don't think they win this game unless I don't know what the number is. Why I feel like it's at least 15 plus times Whitewater's got to turn it over and Morris needs at least 10, 12, 14 plus points off of turnovers. Yeah. Put it this way. We don't think they're going in there and scoring 70. No. Could they? I guess, but they're not a great three-point shooting team. You mentioned it. Great point wide against a team like Superior when everything's on the line. As you like to say, all the marbles are on the table to scoop them up. They're only shooting 11 three balls because that's not their strength. So all of a sudden, are they going to open up the can and say, we're going to shoot 24 of them on Friday night and we're going to hope we knock down 10 plus? I don't think so. I doubt it. Could they? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they can make more than a few threes in this game. And, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Hey, if the shot's open, take it. If For you're sure. confident to knock it but down. But that's not the game plan. No, no. Yeah. It's it's never been their game plan. It will continue to not be their game plan. Other thing I'm keeping an eye on, Whitewater shoots it really well at the line, almost 74% as a team. You get late into a game, 
they could really put it away quick. So yep. you got to keep them off the free throw line, and you need them to maybe shoot it a little bit poorer than their season average there as well. That'd be another key. All this to say, if if I had to pick, as much as I've loved the Cougar season and Coach Grove and the job he's done, it's a really tough uphill battle. And if you're telling me I got to pick, if I'm filling out a bracket, I'd be advancing oh, Whitewater in this game. What? The Warhawks? I'd, I'd be advancing the Warhawks. It pains me to do it. It's a cool gym. I like their gym. Yeah, they got great facilities they, everywhere. This was the site where I went to my first ever NCAA Division Three tournament game. Is it memorable for you? Or I'll never forget memories? the night. You remember? You remember that? I know you weren't there, but you know the game say, I was at. I had a game of my own that night. Nobody was there. It was the last it. game your brother ever played. I understand. It was emotional. Yeah, they had they it, had and it. then there was and that they, three ball from yeah. the corner that literally almost hit the ceiling, and then it went in. I don't remember it almost hitting the ceiling. I guess it was, it was a rainbow. It was traumatic. Rainbow Mark triple. Myers was beside Losing himself. his mind, yeah. Yeah, it That's was a fun tough. night, though. But, yeah, this is an uphill climb. Like, we're not, you know, anything against that, obviously. If Morris were to find a way to win, maybe he already has this, but give Coach Grove a lifetime extension a la John Calipari and say he, he could have it. as long as he, he may already, yeah, be able to coach there as long as he wants. We're not saying it should be anytime soon that anything else should even be considered. But uh, they got a pony up. Solidify they it. got a pony up to the next level because if yeah. they win, Coach Grove is going to start getting some calls from like around the Upper Midwest. All of a sudden, yeah, I, I should he stop might, putting out this nonsense. But. I, I don't think it's going <laughs> to. I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. Regardless, yeah. but we'll be watching. Yeah, for sure. And uh, wish the best of luck to the Cougars, and hopefully they represent the UMAC well. And you got nothing to see lose. How it goes? Yeah, hey. absolutely. You're, that's the nice part about being the underdog. Yep. Just come out and. Quate can gamble Give on the steals. Best. You can gamble on next to anything, and uh, all the pressure's on them. So yep. that's the message coming in. Let's win the wor- first five minutes. Let's be up after the first five minutes and just put a little bit of doubt in their minds. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what happens. All right, on the other side, boy, what a tough draw for Bethany Ryan. They got to play Platteville, Wisconsin. Wait, more Wyack? Ma- Platteville. We have more Wyack. It's the UMAC, UMAC be the Wyack? And we always say UMAC versus Mayak, and that's great, but the Wyack's kind of a different And we really don't like Wisconsin, so. Well, how about the Wisconsin connections here? The the head coach, the younger brother of Greg Gard, I think his first name was, uh, I got to look at it again, Jeff. (laughs) Jeff Gard, younger brother of Greg Gard. Chucky Hepburn's brother or cousin is on the team as well. Doesn't play a ton, but they have a lot of Wisconsin connections. Bo Ryan Court. I mean, what? All the more reason to want Bethany to win. I was going to say, your favorite program, the Wisconsin Badgers. Just so much respect for the Badgers. Yeah, and what they've been able to do. Just love all the Minnesota kids they take. They play it the right way. They play the game the right way. Brad Davison, your guy, it just warms my heart. Anyways, a lot of Wisconsin connections in this game, and similarly to Whitewater, Ryan, Platteville, they've got a couple players that can score it, but Logan Pearson, the senior from Kimberly, Wisconsin, he averaged over 20 a game last year. He's averaging 23 a game this year. He's only 6'4". It's not like he's a big, he's he's not crazy, anything like that. But the guy can put the ball in the bucket, and he is going to be priority number one for Bethany on Friday night. They score a lot. They're a very tough team. Let's just call it what it is. This is an uphill battle. We had talked about this matchup maybe being a 3-2 versus yeah. the 1-4. Gus Davis actually slid in, winning the Mayak to the 3, and you've wondered why. Maybe this answers it for you. Gus Davis beat Bethany by 10 earlier in the year. Granted, Drew Segadal did not play, and it was back in November. And Gus Davis lost 10 games this year. Bethany lost three. I know, different schedule. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. Also, Gus Davis lost to 
the Pioneer 79-67 earlier this year, which makes me think maybe the committee didn't want, didn't want him to rematch him. <laughs> excuses, excuses. It could be part of the reason. If I'm if I'm Wisconsin Platteville, I'm not thrilled about the matchup. I mean, no. Bethany in their own right has only lost three games this year. They've been tremendous. It's going to be a tough game, but yeah, I mean, for Bethany, this can't. It had to be one of those signs of just like I wish we would have maybe gotten a better drop. But yeah, that's in the past. You got to start looking at how you're going to win this game. Shoot the three. Shoot the three. Shoot the three. Live or die by the three. It's what they've done all year. They You're shoot telling 30 me plus they game, can't Ryan, just avoid the three and win somehow? They shoot 30-plus a game for a reason. Don't go away from it. Continue to let it fly. Sagadol, Patterson, Bangu, Madsen, all those. Nielsen, hey, you want to let one fly? No, he's one of six on the year. Yeah, no, I don't, we're I don't, not. We're hey, he's not. hit one, though. <laughs> I, I think he not. makes a statement right away, and he just lets one fly. <laughs> no, you don't. Cashes it in. That'd be kind of funny. Be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got to hit the outside shot. They're going to have to be extremely efficient. These slow starts we've seen the past couple of weeks from time to time Not can't have one of those. Yep. Again, if you're the underdog in any game like this, you have to get off to a good start. Can they win this game? Absolutely. But they have to be extremely efficient. Similarly to what we talked about with Morris, I think they got to win the turnover battle. They probably got to shoot it better at the free throw line as well. There's a lot of things that play into an upset. It's probably going to be a packed house. Again, great facilities. In the Wyack, I guess they they get great facilities. They got good I boosters. Don't what are yeah. you saying? They got some money over there. Here what, is what's, what's interesting on? about Wisconsin. There's no D two. You're either D one, yeah. the Badgers, or you go D three. And all these D three schools have great facilities. So and they get big time transfers a lot. I mean, you remember the Oshkosh team that won the whole thing? They had multiple that guys team, on their team who started I, at a higher level than Oshkosh. I still to this day will say that is the best Division three basketball team I have ever seen. Yeah, those guys were insane. I got some good ones. Yeah, they were insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel better about Bethany's chances than I do Morris's from a UMAC perspective of pulling off an upset, but it is going to be a challenge. I'd be curious what your initial thoughts are and just what's going to have to happen. Yeah, they shoot it well. Like you said, they're really good. 46% from the field, 39% from deep. Bethany, though, I mean, obviously we know they're good as well on the season. 47%, 36% from deep. I, I'm glad you mentioned what you did a few moments ago. I was going to say it earlier, but I, I told myself just be patient and wait till we talk about this matchup. It is not going to cut it, what we've seen the last few weeks of the season for Bethany. It may sound aggressive. Vikings fans, UMAC fans listening to this, what do you mean not cut it? They went unbeaten. This Everyone gave them level. their best shot, and they tried to knock them off. You and I said it. Not their best against Northwestern the last few times. I, on Saturday against Superior, I would give them no more than a B. I mean, they are really good in the second half when they had to be, but... They were a few steps down from their best. It's what you mentioned, Wyatt, the slow start. Do you remember how slow of a slow, slow turtle, tortoise start wow. that they had? Hey, the tortoise sometimes wins the race, though. The tortoise beats the hare sometimes? Yeah. I don't think that works. I don't think that's their motto I remember here, their sometimes slow the starts. tortoise beats the hare. I do remember the slow start. Against, so, yes. against Hope last year is what I was alluding to. And it was just way too big of a hole to climb out they of. They shouldn't have that this year, though, because everybody's back pretty much, right? I mean, I hope so. Like, it should be the ready for the moment. Is that what you're saying? they got the guys, yeah, that yeah, have experienced, experienced that and gone through it. So, And, you know, you got a guy like Bangu who, you know, wasn't, wasn't there last year for the squad. But, you know, you got so many other options on this team that have been there in a spot like that before. So you'd hope that's not a factor. But that that's first things first. Can you survive the first wave? Because like you said, 
It's going to be a sellout. Place is going to be on fire. It's going to be the second game of the day. I am so, so happy that this is on Friday night. What is it, 7.50? I think it's a 7.50 tip. Yeah, like we said, both these games are basically going to be going on at the same time, depending on how the game goes in front of them. Because remember, the other semifinals are going to be played on the same court. So could go to overtime. Could, go, could be yeah, a shootout. Something could, could be happen. a foul fest. Could you be never triple know. overtime. We don't know. Tip off around 7.50, though. Yeah, we'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll As late as this will go. If this starts at 9, I don't care. That's fine. I'm just glad that it's actually Friday night and uh, Bethany can build up all day to it. But, yeah, yeah. it's going to take something. But they got the personnel to do it, Wyatt, and that's all you ask for in a spot like this. And now it's up to Coach Garvin and his assistants throughout this week. Mentally, can we get these guys in the right mind frame where we're later on Friday – they're so hungry, chomping at the bit, but they're not overexcited early. Because I think we have seen in some spots, you could argue the first playoff game against Northwestern White. Here's my biggest question for you. Does that laissez-faire style, you mentioned get the three balls up. You know, you know, early they're going to try to push the basketball off the misses. And they're going to have looks that they have taken before, yeah, a la he- earlier this week, opening 10 seconds of the shot clock from deep. Are you doing that early if you're Bethany? Well, one, you got to get stops first. True. That's going to be a challenge in itself with yeah. this Platteville team. But if you get the stops, yeah, push the ball, look for your shot. They've been very aggressive at times and maybe to a fault, and they've you taken to some tone bad it down shots. Just a little bit. It, yeah, if it's not going your way right away, maybe you do. I mean, you let your players play like they have all year, and you trust your guys, and they can make tough shots. So I'm okay with them taking them, but you do got to be careful if it starts to slip away from you because it's one thing to come back against a team like Superior or Northwestern, let's say, if you get down yeah. – Platteville on the road, it's a totally whole different another animal. story. You may not have a chance to come yeah. back. They you might be not even careful. open the door. Because, like, if you have that, and I, I can't get it out of my mind, it's just what I keep saying, that laissez-faire style where you're just shooting yep. a lot of three balls early in the shot clock, what if you start wide 0 of 5 one of 6 Is it harder to yeah. rein them back in and change it than to say, guys, we're going to slow it down just a little bit to start? It's totally different, like you said. If it's off a miss – we get a hunter rebound and we get an outlet where we got a two on two, three on two, three on three developing. Then it's totally different. Yeah. But if it's early shot clock, half court defense is partially set. Even if we swing it a little bit, Jax, Drew, X, Bangu, I believe in you guys. I want you to get hot early, but like we got to think about our looks just a little bit more, knowing we have got to land a jab at least, if not a strong right hook in the first five seven minutes of this game. Curious how they use Nielsen in this game, too, and yeah. how he fares against the bigs in the WIAC. You know what I mean? Yep. So we'll see. He's probably not going to put up the gaudy numbers we've saw the past week or two, but he's got to play a big role inside, too, and affect things. And, and not pick up early fouls. Keeping him on the floor is paramount. And I would say the same for Mason Ackley, too. I mean, if yeah. either of those guys gets in foul yep. trouble, both of them had two in the first half against Northwestern, and that kind of That's affected that game. You both got to be on the court in this one from a defensive totally. perspective, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't say it better myself. And Nielsen's done a great job of that this year. I mean, we've hardly ever said he's removed because he was in serious bad foul trouble. But, yeah, it's a whole nother level in a game like this. So what what's the path to victory other than three balls? Well, like I said, I mean, I think you probably have to win the turnover battle and keep those guys out of foul trouble. Which they're great the at. That's start. what they mentioned on the uh, yeah, they selection take, show. They take both, awesome care of the well, ball. Well, both teams do, Both though. teams do. So yep. that's going to be fascinating to watch. And I think part of it's probably because both teams are shooting shots so quick in the shot clock. It's like they've never seen Easier a shot they don't like. Over. So yeah. that'll be fascinating to watch. It's it's all the cliches. A quick start. you got to shoot it well. I think you got to keep those guys out of foul trouble. It's the same as what I said for Morris. If you can play with the lead, it's a lot tougher to shoot when you're down. Maybe put a little pressure on Platteville. When we've seen teams in the UMAC win these games, 
they're blistering from the field. They're making shots. And their opponents, you see that look in their eyes. They get a little nervous, and all yep. of a sudden, you can feel the momentum and the energy in the gym kind of just switch. And it's really tough to overcome that. And I, I think that's going to be critical for Bethany. It's the kind of game, if I'm filling out my bracket, Ryan. Oh, no. I'm don't say it. Don't I'm do advancing it. Don't do Platteville. it. But don't do it. I'm advancing Platteville, but I'm cheering for the upset because I like okay. chaos. And okay. I could see either team winning this game, but I will okay. take Platteville. You're hedging all over the place. I won't be surprised I, if Bethany wins, but they're no, not going to. I, I, do you think, I mean, Bethany could absolutely win this game because of the firepower they have offensively. They could score 100 points for all we know. That but would be something. It's easier said than done on the road, and Platteville is going to be Platteville. They're they're from the WIAC. They rightfully so won their conference championship. Not even close, by the way. They beat River Falls ninety-seven to seventy-four. Two Which of is their interesting. losses. River Falls made it to the final. That's a whole other discussion. Well, River Falls. That was a that crazy great. game. I don't. I, we can talk about that off the mic because the I don't semi? think people care. Yeah, their semifinal game against Stevens Point, who by the way beat this Platteville team both times in the regular season. They ended up not getting a chance oh, because... How, what? Why didn't they get an at-large? The River committee Falls. screwed up again. I noticed St. John's didn't get an at-large either, it didn't look like. Oh, you feel for the Johnnies. You feel for I them don't. again. Big game at Sexton Arena, and they just falter late in the year. You feel I for them. I don't care at all. Bethany and Northwestern know that oh so well. So, Beating St. John's yeah, on the road. Yeah. Um, like I was saying, they lost to Stevens Point by three in one game, lost to him by one in another game. Their other two losses, trying or Trin, trying, I don't know. Really good team. All is in the tournament. And then Keene State, same thing. Tremendous team. Other than that, Ryan, they just they, they cru- cruised through their conference play, and, and they were dominant. One thing to note, they played Central. That really good Central team we were talking about receiving votes at the beginning of the year. Yep. Only beat them by one. Now, granted, it was back in November, but Bethany played that same Central team on Great the road point. and beat them. Yeah. It can happen. Without Sagadol. Without Sagadol. An upset could absolutely happen. It's just going to be an uphill climb. What All do you those think? things you just gave me give more confidence to Bethany where we start playing the comparison yeah, game. And, and, and yeah, I, I don't know. Do you think Bethany wins? Are you taking them? I feel like I almost, you know, I, I got to ride with them. I mean, last year we were so, so confident, and it was just such a letdown. I mean, watching that game against Hope. I know Hope's good, but, you know, Coach Garvin, I think, would even admit, like, the, the guys just, they weren't ready to play. I mean, it took like 12, 13 minutes for them just to get in a groove, and it still got what did it get within 12 in the second half? I mean, it got semi-interesting. It was never that. I don't interesting. remember. I sure hope we're not like, Oh boy, it's at least within 12 with eight minutes left. Come on. Let's, let's do something a little better. Like you said earlier, you can't do anything about it now, but people were talking. Like I know people around the UMAC were talking. If they run the table and they finish with just three losses and you go 24 and three, you got a decent chance of being a three seed. I want to bring up something that you said earlier today. Do you think it has anything to do with what we had a few years ago where Northwestern was throwing a bone, they almost beat Pomona Pitzer, couldn't do it in the final minute where they had a chance and they couldn't win on that Noah yeah, Alm shot? I, I mean, does that hurt the UMAC this year? Does it have nothing to do with it? I made a comment about that to you earlier before we started recording, and they probably didn't because, I mean, who looks back on that? Yeah, you got to take each year. The as UMAC it is, is overlooked. And, we know it is. Well, it always is, but you, no you do got to take it year by year. And I really do think they looked at the head-to-head matchup with Gus Davis and said Gus Davis beat him by ten. Gus Davis has already played Platteville. Didn't do their Let's research though. Against Leading scorer Sagadol didn't play. I mean, they, well, they whether just... they did or didn't <laughs> yeah. is beside the point. They they just they figured if Bethany is good enough to be the three, they can beat Platteville. Anyways, okay. so they don't have anything to complain about. I don't know. We could get a rematch of Bethany Gus Davis in the round of 32. I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Southern Minnesota, St. Peter versus Mankato. 
let's just move the game to, to Minnesota at that point. Hey, why not? Why are we playing in Get Platteville? more people there, yeah. They don't want to I mean, you're going to make us drive all the way if, to Platteville. If their team loses Friday night. It's got to be a tough feeling. They want to get out of there as yeah. soon as possible. All the volunteers are going to be like, I don't want to yeah. show up to work on Saturday. You hosted the uh, <laughs> Northwestern Baseball Regional that I got to play in. I didn't host it, but. You were part of the I was hosting. working. You were working it. Yeah. If we had gone 0-2, that probably wouldn't have been quite as fun. It wouldn't have been quite as fun. You're right. Yeah, it still would have been fun. You. I get your point. But it is something when you know players and, like, you have yeah. a team yeah. that's in it. I mean, that absolutely and plays into Platteville it. every Platteville fan is expecting them to roll. And in these matchups, well, why? I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure they know they have their hands They're overlooking the UMAC. Game. You think I, they're I overlooking am, Bethany? I am pumping that into the veins of the Bethany players if I'm Coach Garvin and his assistant. Even though it saying, might not be the they case. They don't respect you guys at all. Do you know what I'm reading on the Reddit boards within the WIAC conference, within Platteville Nation? They think this is a walkover. Yeah. They're not even going to come on Friday night, some of them, because they're just getting ready for Saturday. You're really playing that card. Yeah. Trying trying to get your guys I think early in these games, you see, at least I'm going to try to read on the screen. This is hard to tell. Do the Platteville players seriously respect Bethany or do they not? Yeah. I don't know. You hit a couple early threes, you start three or four, this game is wide open. They might respect you pretty quickly. So you said they're going to lose. Is I it, do. Is it I single think, digits? Are they keeping yeah, no, it close? Yeah, clo- it's a close game. Better but performance I think, than last year? Yep, I think they're ready, and it's going to be a better performance, but Platteville's got too much. Okay. What do they got to hold Platteville to? Because we know they're so good at scoring. You mentioned all that. Bethany could score 90. We talked about this, but what what's realistic? Here's the thing. Platteville gets up there, like we said, too. I mean, they're in the 80s, the 90s, a couple games in the 100 range. I mean, these guys can score. So I don't necessarily think a fast-paced game for Bethany where they're scoring a ton necessarily favors them like it normally would I'd say you want to keep them at 80 or less okay give yourself a chance realistically and it's just bizarre it's not very kind of them you're playing on Bo Ryan court you're not playing like a Bo Ryan team will he be your coach your coach is Greg Gard's younger brother you said I mean you're not really playing like you know Badger-esque basketball I mean what are they doing they need to get back to their roots we're asking for the pioneers to get back to their roots try to win at 75 see if you can do it it's in his bio it says he is the youngest brother of current Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard so there's at least three brothers then says a lot of things nice things about him as well about um, greg about him oh okay well <laughs> it's their own coach younger so. brother of former platteville assistant coach and current wisconsin head coach greg guard so i would imagine uh greg guard came with Bo when Bo left platteville to go to wisconsin how long has this guy been here 2009 okay so he's been around the Just call it home bit. call him for a long time he's happy here coach garvin He's not intimidated. Also says that he is a staple in the community, is known for his generous efforts of being a servant (laughs) leader. They're saying all these nice things about him. I'm sure he is. I'm just laughing. They're pumping him up. If any pioneer person's listening, I don't know the guy. We're just joking on the transitive property, talking about the badgers. Pumping him up. Yeah, they'd like to keep it lower scoring if they can. I, I'm going to say Bethany wins. You know, they, they're they're more motivated than ever. And you talked about earlier. Time. I know you mentioned, oh, these teams that needed to, they're peaking at the right time. No, 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 no. Be- Bethany, right been. now, they're not even at a nosebleed. No noses were bleeding when they cut down the nets, hoisted the hardware, held the banner Saturday in the North Gym because they're not even near the top, Wyatt. They're not even near the altitude. So can they turn it around for this game? Yeah, their noses better be bleeding by late Friday night. They they need Bethany. to be if they want any chance. Yes, they need to climb, climb, climb. And they have more room to climb. That's what I'm saying. That's the exciting thing if you're a Bethany fan. We can still play so much better. And guess what? You're going to need it. 
Okay, don't don't make that you're fearful, you're wondering what's going to happen because sometimes teams do peak too early, White. You and I have talked yeah. about that a lot. you got to find a way to be at your best. Friday night is the matchup ideal? No. But Bethany's going to go in there, and they're going to win 92-87. to 87. And Platteville is going to be wow. none too happy. Sign me up for that. If it's 92-87, it's oh, about I'm all time for that. It's about time that has some success against the WIAC because they've had success against the MIAC in the past. Let's do it across the border. Yeah. Why not? And Vikings fans, hey, and I want to see you out there on the stream. I want to hear you through the stream. Make some noise. Please. You win that one, there's no reason you can't get to the round of 16 either, the Sweet 16. Hey, that's what we're talking one about. One game at a time, though. Take yep. it one at a time. So best of luck to them and the Cougars as well in their matchup and represent the UMAC well in those games. Ryan, any closing thoughts? I don't think so, yeah. I mean, you're carrying the UMAC banner to both teams. Are you representing your own school first and foremost? Yes. We're not here saying you're representing the UMAC more than Bethany. We're not saying that at all. But, hey, represent the conference well. And if you go 24-3 and on the season and you talk about, we're not used to losing. I mean, you guys don't understand. We haven't experienced a loss since December the 19th in Florida. So it doesn't even really count. I mean, they lost to University of St. Joseph that far away from home. They haven't really actually lost a game basically since... Gustavus in November. Yeah. They don't know what it's Which like to lose. Which was the beginning of the year. So why so, start yeah. now? I agree. And you know what? We get to this point. Did they play their absolute best down the stretch? No. But if you're a UMAC supporter overall for the conference, I can tell you this. I know he's not going to say it publicly. But if you had a mic inside Corey Borkhart's office, he would say, man, am I sure glad that Bethany made it because I think they're our best representation in the NCAA you're right. tournament. He would never say that. But I feel like he's thinking. I it. think we all know they have the best chance of winning a game or two in the tournament. Yeah. Out of all the teams. And, hey, Morris, we're going to be watching that one as well. We're going to have the split screen up. Coach Grove, you've had an awesome season, but why not try to get one more? There's some seniors who want to play a little longer, and you're playing with house money. Let's see what happens. Watch out, Wyack. Watch out. Is this going to come back to bite me? If no, both teams lose no. by 20 plus, I won't, we are aware I won't, they're show, both, I won't show my face again. If both well, teams lose by to. 20 plus, this is You're going to have to. But we're aware that they're underdogs. We're just trying to speak it into existence, the path to victory, and there is a path for both teams. So. Yep. We wish them the best of luck as we get ready for this again. Let us know if you have thoughts, comments, concerns, questions about the matchups or what you saw this past weekend, UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com. It's also in the description of this podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC. Find us there as well. For Ryan Mitchell, this is Weimarell signing off once again. We'll be back to recap it, and who knows? Maybe we'll have multiple games to recap if one of these teams does pull off that opening maybe round Maybe someone upset. will still be dancing. Maybe. Like, you're on the big dance floor so. It's happened now. before. If you're still dancing at this time that we're talking next week, all of a sudden, like, you have the spotlight on you. Yeah. Like, you can get lost in the shuffle this weekend, 64 teams. You're on the floor, but people don't have their eyeballs on you, at least not yeah. everyone. You get to the next weekend, Wyatt, you, you got that bright out. spotlight on you, and everyone's staring at you. You stand out at that point, no doubt. Yeah. So we'll see if they can get it. It's happened before. The Northwestern team uh, back in 2016. 15, right? 15, I think it was, yeah. Went to the Sweet 16, lost to Stevens. A guy Point. named Morell made a big shot against a team from the Mayak. He did. And now, like you said, we've had a lot of success against the Mayak. Let's do it against the Wyack as Amen. well. Amen. But anyways, enjoy the games, everybody. We'll be back to recap it all when it's done. This is the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast.